We pray you had an awesome Thanksgiving um, with your family, with your friends, celebrating uh, the, the blessings that God has given to us and all that God uh, wants to do in our lives. And so we are, are grateful uh, to what God has done. And, and I, I wanted to kind of key in on, on that topic uh, this morning because too many times we, and I do that every year, I always try to put something together that would keep us focused for the rest of the year and beyond, uh, not just for a weekend, uh, for a couple of days when it comes to um, our ability and, and uh, our basically responsibility to continue to be thankful to God, uh, no, no matter what, what day it is or what month it might be, that we appreciate all that God has, has done for us. And for you and I as Christians, our, our roots, the deep roots of thanksgiving goes well uh, beyond and prior to uh, the pilgrims coming to Plymouth Rock. We value that and we appreciate that. We have that as a tradition, but yet goes back all the way uh, to the creation of, of uh, this world uh, through our wonderful God and the blessings he's given to us uh, as uh, to, to be able to utilize and, and the things that he's created for us to enjoy. Gratitude and thanksgiving needs to be a part of our lifestyle as a people of God, as Christians. Gratitude, giving thanks, we do that. Uh, it's an emotional response, favorable to, to something that we've received or something we're going to do, we are thankful for. We, can, we know that when we're going to get a gift, you know, so at your birthday, Christmas, whatever, you know, you, you respond when you receive by saying thank you. Someone's going to take you out to a meal, thank you. You know, we are, are, are gratified and gracious and we are thankful for that. The word gratitude, derived from the Latin word gratia, meaning grace, graciousness, gratefulness, kindness, even generosity. And so my text in, in this morning out of the book of Colossians in chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul writes to this church and he wants to remind them uh, concerning their relationship with Jesus Christ. And how they received Christ as their Lord and Savior. And now, once they've done that, the mindset and the thinking that needs to follow their reception of Jesus Christ as the Son of God into their lives. And so the scripture reads in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 and 7, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so... Walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So this is very descriptive when it comes to our life as the people of God. doesn't talk about being, being, a perf you know, being perfect human beings, because we know that we're not, but yet what Christ wants from us and the Apostle Paul is speaking to us about is that we need to be established or grounded and founded in the faith of God's word and be thankful for that. 
Be thankful for salvation. Be thankful for Jesus Christ giving his life on Calvary for our sins and our iniquities. And so uh, thanksgiving is so critical, and I think that as we look throughout the years uh, in, this, in this nation, and yet throughout the world, we have started to see the erosion and, and, and the breaking away uh, of, of this, this not only tradition for us as, as Americans, but yet this, just the thought of being thankful and being gracious and, and showing gratitude when um, people do things for us or um, we, we are blessed by someone. We see kind of a pulling away and we become oblivious and, and maybe sometimes just insensitive, if you know what I mean. Uh, when, when we expect things now, we expect things to be given to us, we expect things, uh, people to do things for us, and a lot of times we don't show uh, gratitude for those things. That's the world we're living in, and it's sad. This is why it's so important that you and I as Christians, uh, Christian men and women, teach our children to say thank you when they receive something. Teach them the importance of being grateful. It's so critical because those traditions, as we know, will be passed on. They will be passed on, and if not, then it will just continue to escalate in a sense where, you know, we lose that sense of thanksgiving. Um, I, I've used this before, this quote from Abraham Lincoln, and he's talking about there in 1863, um, how, I mean, when you think about the, the 19th century, 1863, and uh, his mindset and what he said about what was happening then. I mean, we're in the 21st century, and he was dealing with issues back then. This is what he said, that we have grown in numbers, in wealth, and in power as no other nation has ever grown, but we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. And so he's having to deal with that back in the 1800s, that people were stopped being thankful and people no longer were looking to God, but now were thinking that they had, were, were grace, were, were, were the ones that brought all the things that they have been blessed with. You see, we were created to give thanks to God. God created us in all of his wisdom to be grateful and thankful for, to him and appreciate every day what he has provided for us. Some more than others. And God knows why that happens. It's not for us to determine because when we start envying and wanting, and I'll get into that in, in a little while, we lose the attitude of gratitude and gratefulness to what God has given to us. And we bring honor to God as Abraham Lincoln was trying to, to bring to, to that speech he was giving that we honor God for all that he's done and, and all the blessings that he's given 
to us. In Colossians chapter 3 and in verse 15 through 17, again, Paul is dedicating much of, of that book to that church and their understanding that it's so critical they not lose that, that principle of thanksgiving and understanding who they are and what they have and where it came from. He says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another, kind of like we're doing here today, in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We've done that this morning. With thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in your hearts uh, with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So many times we read in this text, thank you, thankfulness, be thankful to God. And this is what I want to tell you what brings the blessing of God upon our lives when we show thanksgiving to God, no matter what state we're in, no matter what condition is going on. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. When your, ch your children show their gratitude for what you've done for them and given to them, you want to bless them more, don't you? You want, you, want, you want to give them more. You want to help them more. And then the opposite is true also when they smack their lips. And say, yeah, well, you know what? You're supposed to do that. You're my parent. You know, then you kind of look and say, okay, well, let's see how the rest of your life goes then. And it makes a huge difference when people show gratitude and thanksgiving and Especially when we show to God, God is our Father and He wants us to love Him and appreciate all that He's done for us. Because not only is He honored and glorified, but you know what? It does us good. When we honor God, God honors us in so many ways, just like we do with our children and our grandchildren. We bless them. I was reading some statistics of, of, on research concerning this very issue of, of thankfulness and, and gratitude. Research has shown people who consciously choose to seek out things in their lives to be thankful for are happier and healthier than those who won't. And that's, the, that's a proven fact. Now, we live in times where there's not a so subtle attack on the celebration of what I'm speaking about, giving thanks and thanksgiving. That we have sensed that in, in, the, in the weeks prior to this past week of celebrating thanksgiving, the opposition of people gathering, and, and I get the, the, the importance of being healthy and, and careful, but yet there's something subtle working below the surface that's, that's taken place and the principles involving thanksgiving 
that come against what I just read, those statistics that people who show and are able to show thanksgiving and, and, and be thankful with one another are healthier people. There's a subtle attack, the strategy of the enemy to want to stop that and to want to dilute that and to hinder our ability to gather together and uh, be thankful. Studies suggest that gratitude has led to reduction in the depression, blood pressure, high blood pressure, and improvement in sleep quality and amongst those with chronic pain and insomnia. When we show thankfulness to God and we develop an attitude of being thankful in those things in our lives that God is doing, we sleep better. How many could do, use a, a little better night's sleep? Amen. So much in this world that wants to keep us awake. In one study, 88% of suicidal patients reporting feeling less hopeless after writing a letter of gratitude to someone. Gratitude is healthy. It causes you and I to be a lot stronger in our health and in our thinking. I was reading and kind of tying this in, although this nation doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving, I thought statistics are important to prove a point of what we're having to deal with here in this country. In Japan, listen to this carefully. A recent study showed that in Japan that coronavirus has taken its toll with more people dying in one month from suicide than from COVID-19. 2,153 suicides alone this past month or in October with more than 17,000 suicides this year in 2020. Experts say that the pandemic has created or has exacerbated mental health issues. Now listen, due to lockdowns, isolation from family members, unemployment, and this one, lack of school structure. We still have our school going here at New Harvest. They want to shut us down. They've come, and they've gone through all their, their little motions and stuff like that. But you know what? We're going to have school. We're going to do school, whether in the building or we have to do it out here. We're going to do school. Because we understand the, the issues, the, the subtle issues that now are not so subtle when it comes to mental health. And yes, that even affects children. It even affects children. And so we, getting back to this topic of thanksgiving, are going to do whatever we can to make sure that whatever goes on around us in society is not going to hinder or influence us or keep us from being thankful people of God. Being thankful for what God is doing and God is giving, and be, uh, giving to us as his people. I think about the ten lepers in the Gospel of Luke chapter 17. And uh, how at one point in time in their life obviously they had the, the, the disease of leprosy. And in verse 16... It speaks about this uh, event that took place. 
And it says that as Jesus entered into a certain village, there he was met by ten men that were lepers. And they stood afar off and they lifted their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass as they went, they were cleansed. So this is a story of these ten men who had leprosy, and it puts gratitude in its proper perspective. Because leprosy was a life sentence of death during this time. Always uh, people who contracted leprosy never survived it, but they died. They were excommunicated from their communities, from their families. They had to, they had to live alone, separate by themselves, or in a colony. And so because it was contagious, they were also considered to be unclean, not only physically, but in their hearts spiritually, because they were physically contaminated. They thought they were also spiritually contaminated, that it was a part of sinfulness in their life. That's how backwards they were. But when Jesus saw them, and they saw Jesus, they cried out for the healing. And all ten of them were healed, but the Bible goes on to say that only one returned to give thanks to Jesus for his healing. Jesus cried out, uh, to, he cried out to Jesus and he said, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus looks. Only one came back. Why? What was the problem? The problem it's what we have to deal with in our society and a lot of times in our own lives. And it's called ingratitude. Would you say that with me? Ingratitude. Ingratitude. What does that mean, ingratitude? Well, it, it's defined as a poor return for kindness received. A poor return for kindness received. And that's what ingratitude is. When someone does something kind for you and they show you kindness and you don't return that in like, that's ingratitude. And I think a lot of times maybe we have done that as Jesus has been kind to us in so many ways and he's helped us in so many ways. Uh, think about the times that when we struggle or we go through things that we become angry with God and we show ingratitude because uh, we don't want to serve him or we don't want to pray or read our word or even come to church. And Jesus asks, were not all ten healed? Where are the other nine? And you see, God is the one who really deserves gratitude and uh, our thanks to him for his grace and his mercy that he shows us every day. Can somebody say amen to that? His grace and his mercy. Every single day he shows that to you and I. Even to the ones that we think don't deserve it. He shows grace and mercy too. You see, these nine lepers were religious as long as they needed something from God. They cried out to God as long as they needed a healing in their life, as long as they needed for God to do something. Uh, 
in them. They shouted, heal us, Lord. They acknowledged Jesus as the Son of God. But as soon as they went their way and noticed that the healing was taking place in their life, well, I guess they got too busy because they were healed now to think about, hey, maybe we better go back and say thank you to Jesus for their healing. Ingratitude, poor return for kindness received. You see, we need to understand that God created us to give thanks to him no matter what is going on in our lives. Give thanks to God in everything, in all things. Thank the Lord is what we are told to do in the word of God. And Paul describes what's gone wrong with human nature. He describes in the word of God in the book of Romans chapter 1 and in verse 21 what the problem is. Yes, it's called sin, but there's something more that's attached to that that causes us to become ungrateful, causes children to be ungrateful, causes you and I to be ungrateful to God our Father. It says in Romans 1 and verse 21, Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Here's why. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. In other words, they began to think foolishly that, you know what? What I have, I earned it. It came from me. You know, yeah, I, I, I know God at one time. I involved him in my life and there was things going on. But you know what? I've moved on now. I've been working hard. You know, I, I got a wife, a husband. I've got kids now. I even got a car. I got a bed to sleep in now where before I was sleeping on the railroad tracks. Begging for food somewhere. But now, you know, I'm doing good. The problem is we become foolish in our thinking that now what we have is because of us and not because of God. And we lose that mindset of thankfulness. We lose that understanding that we have been created no matter what condition, as Paul says, he's learned to, to be appreciative, to be content with what God was doing in his life. These folks became futile. And the Bible says... Their hearts were darkened. We see that through Adam and Eve as God blessed them abundantly in the garden. But yet ungratefulness, ingratitude, greed, greed began to fill their hearts. God gave them everything they needed, but they still wanted more. How many know that's like you and I sometimes? God gives us what we need, but it seems that somewhere along the line, we always want more than what we have. Nothing wrong with wanting to succeed. Nothing wrong with wanting more blessings. We all, we're human, we want that. But it needs to come in, come in God's timing. Because then when we start to, to, to want that beyond God's will or what God wants to do in our lives, it starts to take on that attitude of, covetousness and greed. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. Isn't that the source of most of our problems? If we're honest, 
We want what somebody else has. Or we want what somebody else has achieved. We want somebody else's marriage, somebody else's husband, somebody else's wife, somebody else's money, somebody else's influence, somebody else's ministry, somebody else's possessions that we don't have. James says it in chapter 4 and verse 1. He says it perfectly. He said, he asked the question, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle inside of you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you can't have it. You can't have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You see, man's fall has always been and always will be the problem is that usually we want what somebody else has that we don't have. It's called covetousness and greed. And if we're not careful, that happens when we stop being thankful for what we do have. We stop appreciating what God has given to us, little or much, whatever it is. And we start looking around. Oh, man, I want that. why don't I have that? Why can't I be like that? Why, why can't I do that? And we start to go and veer off. In our pursuit of wanting more, we fail in our appreciation for God. It's called entitlement. And I start winding this down. Entitlement. I spoke about that a little earlier. What is entitlement? Thinking that we deserve the things, that we have the right to expect them, even if we don't deserve them. You know, um, my wife and I have gotten to that age where Medicare. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, the AARP stuff, it's like, you know, rip those things up. Who needs that? Throw it in the trash. But, you know, you can't stop but see all the commercials talking about Medicare. And I noticed something about the commercials. If you, if you, and you're going to see this. The guy that's making the commercials, the, the, the millionaire guy, the multi-millionaire guy, is, is talking about, you, you, you need to get the things you deserve. And, and, and the things that, that you belong to you, you are entitled to. Listen to those commercials, and these are the key phrases. Deserve, you deserve, and you're entitled to. And that's a mindset that has permeated our society. And the sad thing is, sometimes it, come on, it comes into this very tent called the house of God. And if we're not careful, ingratitude can begin to take over because we feel entitled. You see, appreciation and thanksgiving can, can survive, cannot survive materialism and selfishness. Philippians, again, I spoke about this. If, as our music group makes their way up, chapter 3 and verse 7 and 8, listen. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish so that I may gain Christ. You see, Paul was talking about perspective here. And what's important? Those things that are important versus those things that perish and that are here today and gone tomorrow. Sure, God wants us to have blessings. I'm not saying he doesn't. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to prosper. He wants to give us stuff in his time frame when we can afford it. When it doesn't cause you and I to want to covet and, and do wrong things to try and get something that doesn't belong to us. Those are the things that we have to be careful of. And Paul had the right perspective that the only important thing of value to be thankful for is that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And everything else is but rubbish. Dung, some, some versions say refuge Paul had the right idea that we are redeemed when we give thanks we are saved from ourselves and our selfishness when we learn to be thankful one of them when he saw was healed came back praising God in a loud voice and he threw himself at Jesus feet and thanked him And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, rise. Your faith has made you well. And some scholars say that when Jesus said, rise, your faith has made you well. They translate that as your thanksgiving has healed you. Healing comes when we show thankfulness to Jesus Christ for our sins, for our transgressions and our shortcomings. Healing comes in so many different ways as we bow our heads before the Lord here this morning.